What's going on, everybody? Andy Herman here, back with our weekly prize pick segment. If you didn't know, you can go to prizepicks.com slash packaday. Use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm getting my picks in early for this Sunday with Packers versus Steelers, and I'm going with three combined selections. Number one on my list, Dontavian Wicks, more than 12.5 receiving yards. It's a really low number. He continues to get more involved in the offense. We saw how many opportunities he had this past week. Even after he had the fumble, they kept going right back to him. I think that's an easy number for him to achieve, and I do think he is going to end up with more than 12.5 receiving yards in this game against the Steelers. Number two on my list, maybe the boldest one, I'm going Kenny Pickett, more than 0.5 interceptions. I do think Green Bay is going to find a way to get a pick in this one. This might sound crazy, but I have a ton of faith in Carrington Valentine. I would not be surprised if he ended up with a pick. I just think this Green Bay team has been a bit more aggressive. I think they're going to try to throw the ball around in Pittsburgh, specifically, you know, trying to get the ball to George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. So I think Green Bay is going to have some chances and I like Kenny Pickett's odds of throwing a pick. So I'm going more than 0.5 interceptions there. And then Alex Highsmith, more than 0.25 sacks. Everyone's going to focus on TJ Watt, including the Green Bay Packers. Zach Tom is primarily going to be on the TJ Watt side. Alex Highsmith, who's a phenomenal rusher, is going to get the Yash Nyman, Rashid Walker side, who's ever ending up at left tackle. He's really good. And I, I think Green Bay is probably going to be playing from behind at some point in this one and need to throw the ball. I'm going with Alex Highsmith, more than 0.25 sacks. And I'm pretty confident in that one. The best part is that you can go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for the first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Enjoy the game, everyone. Twenty minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome into an all new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. There are a million different things that you could be doing right now, but you chose to listen to the Pack a Day Podcast today, and I appreciate that a ton. If you have not yet checked out Pack a Day Podcast memberships, make sure to do so. Shout out to our all new Pack a Day Podcast members, Norm Postel, Jano7404, and Scott Johnson. Hopefully you are enjoying your new perks. There are four different levels available to those of you who are interested. Hit that join button over on the Pack a Day Podcast YouTube page. If not, no worries. Like I said, I always just appreciate you guys listening every day. Tell a friend about it. Hit subscribe like, comment, do all the amazing things that help this podcast out and help make this, in my opinion, one of the best Packers communities out there. So thank you so incredibly much. But enough about that. Let's get into our main topic today, and that is going to be our midseason awards. We are ever so close to hitting that midseason mark. Depends on where you want to put it. Green Bay's had their buy already. They've played eight games. They've got nine games left. That's probably all they're going to get this season is that remaining nine games. So at halftime of this upcoming game against Pittsburgh, that will likely be the midseason mark for Green Bay, assuming they don't make some crazy run into the playoffs. But still, at this point, really interesting to look back at the first nine weeks of the season, the first eight games of the season, and kind of review who's played well, who has not played well, who deserves a shout out, who deserves maybe not so much of a shout out. So let's jump into it right away. And I'm going to start with, you know, usually the Oscars will wait for like the, the best picture uh, till the very end. I'm going to start out with the team MVP. And this is a really interesting one. And I'm going a bit unorthodox here. Let me go through some nominees. First of all, you could argue just Jordan Love. He plays the most important position on the team that always has a level of value to it. 
he's sort of steadied the ship, uh, and I think he's had a very even keel uh, just sort of season and just who he is and just kind of very steady approach to everything. There is value in that. I couldn't quite bring myself to name him the MVP of the first half of this season. Rashawn Gary, within the conversation, he's had a phenomenal start to the year. I will say, you know, they had to ramp him up a little bit, didn't play a ton early in the year. Even that is phenomenal in and of itself coming off the ACL, especially the way that he played. I couldn't quite get there with team MVP, but if you wanted to do it, I would certainly understand it. And he is certainly well-deserving of that based on his first half play so far. Zach Tom, you could argue that he's been the best Green Bay Packer so far, most valuable. Maybe he's had some really tough assignments. You know, he's gone up. He's going to go against TJ Watt this week and not, he's already played against, you know, um, you know, Max Crosby. He's played against Aiden Hutchinson. He's had some tough matchups and he's held up very well. I couldn't quite go there for team MVP though. So like I said, I'm going in a very unorthodox position and I will wholeheartedly uh, understand if you disagree with this take. I'm going with Aaron Jones as my team MVP so far. And that might be a bit of a stretch for a guy that missed a lot of time, who's basically played in two full games. And even that, the first one wasn't a full game because he went down in what, like the third quarter after his touchdown. So, and then in the the most recent one where he got his sort of second full game, he had a big fumble in that, uh, in that game, which was costly for Green Bay. And I would very much argue Aaron Jones did not have like a even B plus A minus game in that specific game. But here's my reasoning for Aaron Jones as MVP of this team. There are two games in which Aaron Jones has been the focal point of this offense. Green Bay is 2-0 in those games. Yeah, it's against the Bears. Yeah, it's against the Brett Rippin-led Rams. I get those two things. But in order for this team to be successful, period, they need to be able to do things on offense and put up points. And the only way that they can do that, in my opinion, at this point in time is with Aaron Jones and him being the focal point of this offense. When he is not out there, this team cannot do anything on offense. The defense is completely behind the eight ball because the offense cannot, you know, stand or, you know, kind of just get through full drives. It's like three and out, four and out, five and out, and that's it. They're not getting any sort of time of possession, any point production, any anything. And that's making it incredibly hard for the defense. They can't play complimentary football. They're not winning games. Like I said, they're 2-0 and in Aaron Jones-led offensive games. And they're what? 1-5 in in non-Aaron Jones-led offensive games? To me, I know there's a lot that goes into it outside of that. Opponents that they played, how the offensive line plays and things like that. But this team is reliant upon Aaron Jones and his ability to sort of carry this offense. And for that reason, I think he's the most valuable Packer at this point. When he's out there, you've got a puncher's chance to win game, like any game that you're in. And when he's not out there, it is going to be a really difficult assignment for Green Bay to be able to put up enough points offensively, have enough time of possession offensively, and then just to give the defense a chance where like, so that they can give up more than 10 points and still have a chance to win the game. So for that reason, also for the reason that we saw this past week, Dontavian Wicks, big fumble along the sideline, Jones jogs out to him, lifts his head up, make sure, you know, pats him on the back, puts his arm around him on the bench, talks to him on the bench. He's that kind of guy. In a season where you start the year two and five, where you have a four game losing streak, where everything's, you know, kind of going against you, 
you need a guy like Aaron Jones in your locker room to pick all those other guys up, to lead by example, to be the guy that is coming in and doing his job day in and day out, even when he's hurt, to just sort of get people ready and be that locker room leader and all of those sort of things. It's like I said, it's maybe a bit of a stretch. I get it. I understand that maybe the argument is that Green Bay just doesn't have a real true MVP in the first half of the season. But to me, if you're looking at value and who means most to this team right now through the first half of the year, and I think through the remainder of this year, it's Aaron Jones. And I think that was displayed just in the stark, stark difference of what this team looks like when Aaron Jones is healthy and capable of carrying a full workload. And when he is not healthy or just not capable of doing that, it's two totally different teams. And for that reason, I'm going that the most valuable Packer through the first half of the year and probably through the remainder of this year is Aaron Jones. All right, let's go to offensive MVP. Now we could do this. So let me just say, I'll do best offensive player since we can debate forever what MVP means and value means and everything like that. So I'll do best offensive player. To me, this is Zach Tom. Very clearly all day, every day. He has been so consistent at right tackle. He's made a phenomenal jump from last year to this year. He has been their best player. He's been their most consistent player. He has been their best offensive lineman. Everything that they needed out of Zach Tom, he has given them. I think the one thing that maybe we expected going into the year was that they were going to be able to use his versatility. I think the crazy thing is that he settled into right tackle so well and has played right tackle so well that they haven't been able to use his versatility because you don't want to move him out of that spot. If you didn't listen to yesterday's conversation with Mike Wall, there's a reason to keep him at right tackle and not necessarily move him around. I am so impressed with just how he is sort of settled into not only that position, but man, offensive line play is really, really hard. And especially when you have Aiden Hutchinson's and Max Crosby's and this week, TJ Watt, this is a golden age of pass rushers in the NFL, in my opinion. He's seen some of the best already, and he has played a very steady game, even against some of those top of the top end players, at least to the best of your ability. When you go against Max Crosby, there's only so much you can do, but he's held up again as as best as you could possibly expect. I don't know who else I would even consider on offense at this point, to be honest. I think the the big thing is that every single game he's graded in the positive. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. He's He's a solid run blocker. He's a phenomenal pass protector. And I think he's only getting better. I think the other thing too, and maybe we'll talk about this in another category, spoiler alert, in just a little bit, but I I don't know if people are just kind of forgetting and thinking like Zach Tom was really awesome last year as well. He was solid last year. And for a rookie, you were excited about where he was as a rookie, but there was also a step for him to take to be a consistent offensive lineman in the NFL. That doesn't just happen. Go back to Josh Myers, rookie year, some ups and downs, but he showed promise as a rookie. And the hope was he was going to come back in his second year and make the jump that Zach Tom actually made this year, but he never did. And that's happened with a lot of other players. Go back to Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins as rookies. You're pretty excited about what they did as as rookies. You always have a little bit more accident forgiveness when it comes to rookie players. But you're like, this is if this is the baseline, this is pretty good. And then they'll get better in year two, and then they'll take off from there. But more often than not, unfortunately for Green Bay, we've seen these second year regressions rather than a second year jump. Christian Watson is a little bit of an example of that so far this year. Not only is he not playing like the way he did a season ago, but he's been a little bit worse than what he was a season ago. 
So that that second year jump is not guaranteed. It is not promised. And the fact that he took a solid start as a rookie in that baseline level and then took it to an entirely new level in 2023, that to me is what's most exciting. He deserves a ton of credit for it. And for me, he is the offense or the best player on offense so far. Best player on defense, Rashawn Gary. I don't think there's much question about it. I think Razul had an argument, you know, for the first, uh, what, seven games of the year or six games of the year. His seventh game was not as good. And then he wasn't there for the eighth game because he got traded away. So for that reason, I am very easily going with Rashawn here. I think it's easy to forget here too, that coming off the torn ACL, there was no guarantee that he was going to be ready to start the season. If you would have told me when he tore it, that he started on the pup list, I would have wholeheartedly believed you and probably even expected it. Just knowing how cautious Green Bay is with injuries. He didn't though. He didn't have to start on the pup list. He starts active week one, is impactful already in week one, has gotten almost better by the week, playing more snaps by the week. And the other thing too, and first of all, we know from a David Bakhtiari ACL that you can't take anything for granted, but even a well-done ACL surgery and everything goes according to plan, Elton Jenkins last year did not come back for week one. When he did come back, There was a six to seven week period where he looked nothing like himself. Part of that due to moving to the right side and playing right tackle. I'm sure that played a part into it. But even when he got back to left guard that first time in week seven, eight, somewhere around there, still looks nothing like himself. There was some significant rust to work off and he was a worse player than he was prior to the ACL by a significant margin for a period of time. By the second half of last year, he looked like Elton Jenkins again, but it took about a half a year in order for him to get there. Rashawn Gary looks like Rashawn Gary from pretty much week one, other than not being able to play his full helping of snaps. And then as the weeks have gone along, he's played more and more and has continued to look really freaking good. Not to mention he got paid that huge contract this year too, which has been probably one of the bright spots of this season where they locked him up for the foreseeable future. But to me, easy defensive MVP, Rashawn Gary, continues to have consistent pressure at a absurd, absurd rate. And I think he's only going to continue to get better as the remainder of the season goes along and he can play that full complement of snaps moving forward. All right, offensive rookie of the year. This is a little bit of a tough one. Three nominees here, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, and Dontavian Wicks, I think all could be in this conversation. I am going with Luke Musgrave for a couple reasons. One, and probably the biggest one, he played 72 more snaps so far than Jaden Reed. He's played 140 more snaps than Dontavian Wicks. That's the big one. Number two is he has a little bit of a tougher assignment, in my opinion, than either Wicks or Jaden Reed. And it's not that Reed or Wicks don't need to block but they don't need to worry about blitz pickups. They don't need to worry about, you know, being a really a focal point of run blocking. Sometimes it can be that case, but more often than not, it's going to be a tight end more than it's going to be a wide receiver. There's just a lot more on Musgrave's plate. The fact that he's played more, the fact that he's had a similar impact and the fact that the job description is a bit more challenging is the reason that I went with Musgrave on this one. I don't think we've seen peak Luke Musgrave yet, although I think this past week has been really impressive. His numbers are actually better. If you go and look at him, I think they're better than what you maybe just kind of recollect on a week-to-week basis. And again, this this past week was a, a great demonstration. The touchdown play was a beautifully designed play, but he also has the um, you know deep crosser down the field where he you know is able to get past the the linebacker and then makes the leaping catch. 
those are the sort of things that I think are going to continue to come for Luke. And overall, I thought you know his his run blocking still inconsistent, but I thought overall where his run blocking is right now is still far ahead of where I expected it to be in year one. It's not great. It's not good, but it's better than I expected it to be in year one for a rookie tight end who did not have a ton of experience run blocking in college, just even like playing a ton in college. So I, I'm very uh, bullish still on Luke Musgrave. I think the best is yet to come. I do think he needs to slow down a little bit. I think his his body is a little bit ahead of his mind at times, and you can kind of see those you know roadrunner feet kind of going and him not actually moving anywhere and stumbling a little bit. That stuff needs to get cleaned up, but I'm going offensive rookie of the year so far, Luke Musgrave. Defensive rookie of the year is another tough one. It's It would be tough to make an argument for LVN so far. Carrington Valentine's an interesting one, but it's tough to give it to him just based on the one game. I think you can actually make a slight argument that Colby Wooden has been a little bit better on the whole than Carl Brooks, but Carl Brooks has played 201 snaps, more than Wooden, more than LVN, more than Carrington Valentine, more than any rookie. And I feel like he's made an impact in just about every game, whether it's been with a pressure, whether it's been batting down a ball, whatever it might be this past week with the the big run defense play where he gets the guy four yards into the backfield, allowing LVN to come in and make the tackle for a loss. The the overall play is definitely very rookie-ish where you see some highs and you see some real lows in run defense. He needs to do a job of being far more consistent. The play that he showed last week is showing the high upside that he still has, but you're going to see him get blown off the ball uh, from time to time as well. Those are things that he needs to continue to work on. I don't think there's, again, a a clear and obvious defensive MVP or defensive rookie of the year so far, but if I had to choose one for the the first half of the year, I would go with Carl Brooks slightly ahead of uh, probably Colby Wooden at this point. I do think in the second half, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how it handicap. I might go Carrington Valentine because he's going to be the starting corner, I think, pretty much the rest of the year. Uh, but I definitely think LVN is coming on. I think he's playing much better as of late. Colby Wooden is coming off his best game. So I'm excited to see who steps up. Anthony Johnson Jr. could get more starts, but I really like what Carl Brooks brings to the table. Needs to be more consistent, but I would put him as my defensive rookie of the year so far. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey everyone, as we know, the Packers are currently going through some in-season blues, but if you're like me, you might be going through some end-of-season or holiday season blues as well. I know for me, there's so much going on during this end-of-season rush that I feel a constant strain of pressure, anxiety, sometimes even loneliness. What I've personally found, however, is that through all of those dark and anxious feelings, therapy can be a bright spot and even something that I look forward to on a weekly basis. Talking through my concerns with somebody who is able to understand my struggles and suggest helpful techniques for dealing with those feelings has been a revelation for me in my own personal life. Through therapy, I've become a better version of myself, a happier person, a more thankful person, a more positive person, and those feelings of anxiety are far less prevalent and I have so much more enjoyment in my daily life. If you're struggling with something in your personal life and haven't had the opportunity to try therapy, maybe now's the perfect time to do so. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is entirely online, is extremely convenient, and is flexible to your schedule and needs. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. 
you too can find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Packaday. Friends, welcome to busy season. There's school, sports, holidays, Thanksgivings, Friendsgivings, birthdays, anniversaries, meetings, meetings about meetings. You get the picture. Obviously for me, football season is the single busiest time of the year. And with it being busy and with the holidays coming up, we all maybe have a little bit of a tendency to maybe overindulge a bit. And it's really hard to stick with that nutrition plan with all the craziness going on. Well, that's where Factor comes in. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal service and can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that also taste great? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Whatever your need is, these meals are really, really good, and I know you're going to enjoy them. So right now, head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, I had to get opening day tickets immediately. And I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code Packaday for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle-free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Event, get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey there, I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. 
Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Most surprising player. It's another interesting one. I'm going with Rudy Ford, and this is, uh, he just came off a, a game in which he didn't play, but this was a player in camp where they went through pretty much every safety trying to figure out who was going to start at that safety position. Was it going to be Jonathan Owens? Was it going to be Darnell Savage? Was it going to be Rudy Ford? Was it going to be Tarverius Moore? Like they rotated guys. I think even Dallin Levitt got a day. And you didn't know also like who was even going to make the team. Like they just they had a lot of safeties in camp and they could have gone in a variety of different directions. Tavarius Moore ends up getting cut. And Rudy Ford, late in the process, I would say the last week and a half of camp, became the clear and obvious starter opposite Darnell Savage. And I think everyone remembers positively what Dar- what uh, Rudy Ford did in 2022. He had a nice impact, but I think you know he did get benched later in the year. It kind of went back and forth between Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford. Amos was the the preferred starter of those. And I think, you know, towards the end of last year, it started to fade a little bit after making some really big plays at the beginning of the time where he got some of those starting snaps in 2022. But in 2023, you weren't sure of like, you know, ideally you're thinking he'd probably just go back to a special teams role. Again, there were some questions of would he even make the team. And then again, he got, he nailed down that starting job and he's played consistent football since day one. He rallies to the football. He fills gaps incredibly well. He's a hard-hitting tackler, and Green Bay needs that type of player. And I think even though that they played well on defense this past week, I still think they missed Rudy Ford a little bit. How they want to utilize their safeties moving forward? Do they want to get Anthony Johnson some more playing time? That'll be an interesting thing to see, depending on how the record goes. But he has been an incredibly steady presence, has graded in the positive uh, throughout the course of the season so far. And for a position where going into the year, we thought Green Bay maybe had no starting caliber safeties on this roster. Rudy Ford has proven that he is a starting caliber safety in the NFL and should find himself a starting job next year in free agency and maybe getting a little bit of a bump from the contract that he was in was on in Green Bay this year. So he's my most surprising player and kind of a pleasant surprise so far back at practice this week. So hopefully you can continue that success for the remainder of this season. My most disappointing player has also been my lowest graded player, and that's John Runyon Jr. And if you've followed my uh, season-long, you know, just kind of talks on John Runyon Jr., you're probably not surprised with this selection. Beginning of the the offseason, I really thought this was going to be the year for JRJ. I thought he was really good in 2021. I thought it was pretty darn bad in 2022 but contract years will usually get the best out of you. So at minimum, I expected to see another 2021 season out of JRJ, and that has not been the case even remotely. In my opinion, he's playing worse than he was last year. He's been the worst player graded-wise. I would just say he's been, I think, the worst player on the team so far. He's not been solid in pass protection. He's not. He's been a very poor run blocker. He's been a little bit of a turnstile. Like I said, he's trending in that Byron Bell category through the course of this year, which is never the category that you want to trend in. I expected so much more. I've been so disappointed overall by the play. I still think there's a much better player in there. Again, I'll just eat crow on this one because I said in the offseason, I thought he could put together a Pro Bowl type caliber campaign. And instead, we're seeing a player that as of right now, in my opinion, should not be a starter out on the field. I would go with Sean Ryan, as I mentioned in a video the other day for for, uh, members, if you're interested. I would go with Sean Ryan at this point. I understand if they want to go with the veteran experience. And like I said, I'm dying to see JRJ play his best football yet. Really want him to do well and succeed. 
but it just hasn't been the case this year. And that's been by far and away the biggest disappointing player for me. All right. The biggest disappointment as a team has to be the injuries and specifically the David Bakhtiari injury. Injuries as a whole, Jair with a back injury, now a shoulder injury. He's missed time. He's one of your best players. Watson with all the hamstring stuff. Aaron Jones has been out. David Bakhtiari is out for the year. Like It's not just the fact that you have injuries, but for a young team and a team that's you know really up against it from a salary cap standpoint, they decided to keep some really important players that had some high salary caps and were just really good players. And you still had that core of guys like Jair, like um, David Bakhtiari, like Aaron Jones. So to see those guys go down with injuries and not being able to have the impact on the season that you'd like them to have, super disappointing. Eric Stokes finally gets back from his injury and immediately injures his hamstring. Those things have been massively disappointing, but the Bakhtiari one, I, I, it's dis, I'm not disappointed in David, the person I'm massively disappointed and frustrated with the injury because this is a player that should have been able to help massively in 2020, 2021, 2022. And now this year in 2023, I thought the offensive line looked so much better in week one with him at left tackle. You lose your ACE, you just lose your absolute ACE and it just sucks all the way around. So that has to be for me, the biggest disappointment is seeing him play so well in week one and then go out for the remainder of the year and maybe play his last snaps as a Green Bay Packer in week one against the Bears. Biggest team surprise has to kind of be you know, going back to what I just talked about a second ago, and that's the play of the safeties. If I legitimately thought that this was going to be not only the worst group of player, like the worst position group on the team, I thought this might be one of the worst position groups in the NFL, and I've been pleasantly surprised and happy to be wrong. As I said, Rudy Ford has played very solid football. Darnell Savage, still inconsistent and obviously injured right now, but far better than what he was playing over the course of the last couple seasons, playing much more intense, much more physical, flying around to the football way more than we saw over the past couple years. That's a positive. Jonathan Owens has been a steadying presence as a, a backup piece former starter with Houston. You can tell he has that starting experience. Never going to be super flashy, but it's funny. The the thing that I said that he needed to be uh, prior to this this past game was Adrian Amos-like. You don't need to have the big flashy, sexy plays. You just can't have the big mistakes and you have to be Mr. Consistency. He was that this past week and he sort of has been when he's gotten in the game. So I think that's been a positive. Anthony Johnson Jr., a positive in his first outing. Just a lot of positive takeaways from a safety group where I didn't expect there to be many. It's still a very big long-term question mark. Anthony Johnson Jr. and Zane Anderson, the only ones under contract next year, but much, much, much better play out of that safety room than I ever expected. And that has been a very pleasant surprise. Play of the year so far, I'm going the Quay Walker pick six week one. Not only did it seal that game, it like was just a beautiful dagger to a Bears team that was talking so much smack. The the team a little bit, but the the fans obviously in the offseason. Such a fun play. Obviously makes the pick, but then just has a ridiculous return for a touchdown. So that is my play of the year so far. My best performance of the year, and this is why it sucks so much. I'm going David Bakhtiari week one for a couple different reasons. One, he was phenomenal in that game. The Bears don't have very many top tier edge rushers by any stretch of the imagination, at least not at the time, but he was near flawless in that game. And just think, I'm sure, I don't think he like re-aggravated anything in that game. I think the issues that he was having, he was probably still having like in that game before that game would be my guess. 
and he still played near flawless football in what might have been his last game as a Green Bay Packer. Not only that, but he was having fun out there. He's flipping off Bear fans pre-snap. Like he was getting down the field. Like he just was like a kid in a candy store, so happy to be out playing football again. And to like again to have that taken away is one of the most disappointing aspects of the season. But that probably was my favorite performance of the year, which makes it that much more of a dagger that he was not able to play the remainder of the season. My most improved player, I'm going with Zach Tom. And I mentioned this earlier, but the fact that he went from solid and promising to actually fulfilling that promise and taking that major step in year two has been really fun to watch. So much better than he was a season ago, even though he played well a season ago. And just, again, Mr. Consistency along the offensive line with Bakhtiari out, with Jenkins having some ups and downs and with Runyon and, and um Myers really struggling. They've desperately needed that performance out of him. He has given it to them. And to me, not only their their best offensive player, but the most improved player as well. Biggest regression so far? This is a tough one. And there's unfortunately a lot of candidates, but I'm going to have to go Christian Watson. And I will understand that there's been some hamstring issues and there's been some other injuries that have gone into this. I will just say what we saw in the second half of last year, to me, was a very special player. And we have not seen a special player show up so far this year when he has been in games. I still think it's all there for him. I don't think this is going to continue. I think he had a really nice week this past week, a little bit under the radar, good as a blocker, drawing double teams down the field, big time contested catch at the big, at the end of the game, excuse me. So I think there's still a lot there for Christian Watson, but just kind of, again, based on what I saw end of last year to what I've seen on film so far this year, I do think there's been a step back. I think he's going to get it back and hopefully have a second half of this year like he had the second half of last year, but it would be a little bit of a regression for me so far. Best coach? I, if there was just a pure safety coach uh, and not a defensive backs coach, I would have probably gone with the safeties coach, but the defensive backs coach is also responsible for um, what I would say is a little bit of a down year for Jair Alexander and some, you know, just some inconsistencies in the secondary. But I'm gonna actually go the tight ends coach, John Dunn. And we're gonna pretend that Josiah DeGuara is more of that fullback H back and not a true tight end. His three tight ends that he has, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and Ben Sims, all rookies at a position that is beyond difficult to come in and play as a rookie level player. And I believe those tight ends for me have been a net positive on the season so far, which is absurd. If you would have told me that, I would have said there's no way. Like, because specifically because of the blocking, like blocking is so hard for tight ends to master in the NFL. And to me, they are far from mastering anything near blocking at the NFL level, but they have given good effort. They have been at least you know, effort blockers and get in the way blockers more often than not, not blowing many assignments. You will see some here and there, but the fact that he's getting like at least the effort from the blocking standpoint, and then especially from Musgrave, some stuff out of the passing game, Ben Sims has been a fun find as an, uh, you know waiver guy at the end as an undrafted free agent that was in Minnesota, got cut and they claimed him. There's just something there. And for three rookies to come in and just be net positive players so far, that deserves a ton of credit. And for me, John Dunn, coach of the year so far for Green Bay. Comeback player of the year, easy. Rashawn Gary, no question about it. Coming off the ACL and playing the way that he is playing is absurd and unheard of. And my unsung hero award is another really tough one. And this one might be, we will book bookmark these or bookend these ones with maybe some controversial ones. I'm going Jordan Love as my unsung hero so far this year. 
it's tough for a quarterback to be unsung because uh, everyone's watching him on every single down. I think Jordan has had a level of consistency week in and week out that's gone a little bit underappreciated slash uh, like just undervalued. There has been chaos everywhere around Jordan from the offensive line to missing Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones, rookie tight ends, rookie wide receivers, all of it, just pure and utter chaos all around him. And he's been, in my opinion, pretty much the same quarterback week in and week out. There's been some games where he's been a little bit worse. There's been some games where he's been a little bit better, but I think we've seen the same guy every week. Now we're looking for progress from Jordan and I'm not giving him a a total pass here. I'm not saying he's been great. I'm not saying anything like that, but I think he doesn't necessarily get the credit that he deserves for kind of just even remotely keeping this offense together in a season where nothing's really going according to plan. And I think that his ability to stay even keeled and just be that guy every single week and have some level of consistency, because if he doesn't play even the way that he, like, it could be a lot worse. And that might sound crazy, but it could be a lot worse if Jordan uh, was not you know anywhere near even what we've you know expected or what he's been so far. And that was within the realm of possibility. So I'm not anywhere near ready to say that Jordan's the guy. I would I definitely want to see progress through the remainder of the season. I'm really excited to finish up the season watching Jordan Love and seeing in his next 10 games if he can take that step and become the guy. But I do think that he doesn't necessarily get the credit that he deserves. And just the fact that there's any talk of like, oh, it needs to be Sean Clifford time or anything like that tells me exactly that. He's been better than I think he's been given credit for. There's been a level of consistency there, and I think it's gone a little bit unsung. So I'm going with Jordan Love as my unsung hero. Full awards, MVP, Aaron Jones. Again, a little bit a little bit controversial there. I get it. Offensive uh, MVP, Zach Tom. Defensive MVP, Rashawn Gary. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Luke Musgrave. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Carl Brooks. Most surprising player, Rudy Ford. Most disappointing, John Runyon Jr. Biggest team disappointment, injuries slash David Bakhtiari being out for the year. Biggest team surprise has been the play of the safeties. Play of the year, Quay Walker, pick six. Performance of the year, David Bakhtiari in week one. Most improved player, Zach Tom. Biggest regression, Christian Watson. Best coach, John Dunn. Comeback player, Rashawn Gary. And unsung hero, Jordan Love. That's going to do it for me today. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wild, Shabra Dad, Arnaldo Espinosa, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee, and Lori Lord. I will be right back here tomorrow with a preview of Sunday's game, Packers-Steelers. You're not going to want to miss that. Appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day, 365 days a year. I'll see you tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.